Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rusty Quill presents... I said before that everything is different now, and I wasn't kidding. I slowly open my eyes, and everything is blurry at first. I blink a few times, trying to get the sleep out of my eyes, the fuzziness out of my head. It eventually works, and I'm staring at a ceiling. It takes me a second to recognize it's the ceiling in the clock tower. Yeah, not that weird, except I'm staring at it, which means I'm lying down in the room in a comfortable bed. I can feel some sort of covering over me, which I'm assuming is a sleeping bag. But if I'm in the bedroom staring at the bedroom ceiling, it means I'm inside Monica's sleeping bag. And if I'm in Monica's sleeping bag, does that mean... I slowly look to my right, and there's Monica, lying next to me, sharing the sleeping bag. She's on her side, facing me, her left arm under her head, still asleep. Her arm is probably going to be seriously numb when she wakes up, 
but I don't care because she looks absolutely beautiful. Just perfect lying there. I can tell from her arm and bare shoulder that she's naked. I take a quick look into the sleeping bag by my chest and can see my pale thighs. Okay, I'm naked too. Cool. I wonder if this means... I start to cast my eyes lower on Monica to see if I can see um, anything, and that's when I see her eyes have opened. Hey, Jake. Did you sleep well? Her voice is like a warm blanket that fits perfectly around your body. And speaking of body, and that's when I start to feel something hitting me in the head. It hurts right away. Ow. Really, ow. I open my eyes and I see a super close-up view of dirt. Because my face is on said dirt. Because I'm on the ground. It feels like I could stay lying down forever. But then there's the thing thunking me in the head. And then I hear Monica's voice. Jake. Jake, are you okay? You need to get up. I need to know you're okay. I try to speak, but my throat is desert dry, a vacuum. I clear my throat and try to work up a little saliva to bring my vocal cords back to life. I sound croaky, but eventually can speak. Um, okay, fine. Well, not really fine, but alive, I guess. What the hell happened? I gingerly pick myself up. I sway a little, unsure on my feet. Monica is there in a second, supporting me. It helps in a lot of ways. I look up and around and feel lost, which hasn't happened to me for a while in Ostium. Where the hell are we? Well, honey... You must have hit your head pretty bad. We're in Ostium, dear. I feel an angry frown start forming and look at Monica. Her expression explains it all. (laughs) Fucking hilarious, dear. Well, the story is, I regained consciousness about ten minutes ago, got my bearings, and then started working on bringing you back into the land of the living. What exactly were you dreaming about? Um, so that's the story and you're sticking to it? Yep, I'm sticking to it. Okay, I say, looking around and still trying to get my bearings. Then I spot the water tower, which works as a great mental sea anchor, steering me straight. I look southwest and can see the reaching clock steeple in the distance. I add it to my mental map. Then I remember that I've got another kind of mental map and bring up the infrared display. Yep, just as I thought, and a chill slithers down my spine making me visibly shiver. What's wrong? The crack is gone. Monica's eyes widen, then widen some more, seeming to defy the contours of her face. Holy fucking shit. She just stares at the ground, and I along with her. Minutes pass. What does this mean? I take my time, thinking. Been thinking some more. I don't know. I guess it means the ostium has changed again. For the good? For the bad? Who knows? That giant crack opening up like a hellmouth wasn't exactly good news, but it led us to the door with that infinity symbol. Monica's looking at me, her eyes no longer wide, but more. Is that amused? 
Is that a Buffy reference? I'm silent, not expecting that. <laughs> you damn well bet it was, I say, a smile lighting up my face. It's infectious, and soon we're both smiling at each other. Ah, come on. Let's go take yet another gander at that map table and see if it has any new info for us. Monica nods and we start walking toward the clock tower side by side, enjoying a comfortable silence between us. Back at HQ, it's just as I feared or predicted. I'm not sure if a giant crack opening up in the town where you currently live suddenly disappears as the ground is re-knit anew is something to be necessarily scared of. A place where weird shit happens would be the motto on the Welcome to Ostium sign if there was one. But I'm definitely not indifferent about it. It's just more proof that Ostium can do whatever the hell it wants. The map table is a new piece of wood, cleanly carved and varnished once more, no sign of the jagged crack anywhere. There's also no sign of the hidden door with the infinity symbol, which I'm totally fine with. A lot of heavy shit happened on the other side of that door. Shit I'd just as soon rather forget. But no, I won't. There's also a couple of good memories from that place. Monica being a veritable pillar of physical support. Inadvertently, I look at her. She's looking back at me. Are we sharing the same thought? The same memory? I sure hope so. There's a hint of a smile on her face. She breaks the connection, looking back down at the map table. A frown forms on her forehead. Something isn't right. Something's wrong with the edge. I look down, wondering what she's talking about, and see it right away. How did I not catch that? Did it just happen? The border of the map table has changed. Instead of four straight even sides, they're jagged, uneven, and not uniform as if the wood was ripped apart, torn off. Something random. That's not all. Take a look at the numbers. I feel a heavy dread take root in my chest before I even start looking. The numbers are changed. My eyes automatically go to the number one. That's always my starting point. The clock tower is still numero uno. No change there. But that's where things get weird. I'm searching all over the map table, and I can't find a 2, or a 3, or a 4. I see a 12, a 13, 56, 89, 145, 268, 301. What the fuck? What the fuck indeed? What are we going to do? What does it mean? We've just asked each other impossible questions. They might as well be rhetorical. We both realize that right away. I want to go to the gate. Why? And then I realize, Monica nods her head in the direction of the gate, my cue. What are we going to find when we reach it? When we reach the border to Ostium. I prepare myself on the way. I don't know what I'm going to find. Maybe no change at all. But I'm open for the possibility of something. Something different. Possibly something very different. When we get there, it's beyond words. But I need to tell you, 
in case we never make it out of here, especially since where I'm standing, I can see my car is long gone, and I no longer have any idea how we're ever going to get home. Everything beyond the gate is gone? Everything beyond the gate is gone. We're about 20 feet away, and for the moment, we're not going a single step further. From what I can see, there's the gate and maybe a generous foot of earth or terrain, reality existing beyond it, and then it just ends. It's dark, but not the blackness. God, I hope it's not the blackness. No, it's lighter than that, isn't it? We're looking between the bars of the gate, and there's not exactly a ton of width and space between each rung. It looks black with hints of other colors, streaks and flashes. But I've got to know. I take two steps forward and I feel a hand clamp around my bicep so hard it hurts. I turn to her. She's just shaking her head side to side. I've got to know. Why? I've got to know if it's the blackness. I've got to know for myself. She opens her mouth as if to respond, to demand that I stop fucking moving this instant, that I stay exactly where I am. But nothing comes out. I see the resignation in her eyes as she slowly lets me go. You stay. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm not fucking moving. I walk slowly, ever so slowly. Once Monica's out of the corner of my eyesight, I feel alone like that first time in Roanoke, the first time on the Mary Celeste, and the first time on Mars. Like there's only me, Ostium, and the big bad universe. And at the moment, the universe is looking pretty fucking black and doom and gloomy. I'm taking deep breaths, trying to keep my heart rate under some sort of control. All this Ostium-related stress can't be good for the old ticker. When I close within the five-foot range, my auditory nerves pick up the barest hint of sound. And yes, it starts with a cr and ends with ackle. My eyes and mind continue to hope, while my hearing and heart have already assumed the worst, but not accepted it by any means. I reach the bars, looking between two, and can see oh so much clearer now. It is all black, a consuming night that will never end and keeps on coming. A night terror you can never escape. The crackling is easier to hear now, but the sound is still dampened. Whatever the magic-slash-science ways and laws of Ostium are, this iron gate is apparently much greater than just a form of ingress-slash-egress. This isn't your regular Ostium, with a lowercase o, if you catch my meaning. It is the blackness, undoubtedly. But it's also a little bit different. This blackness isn't moving at least not towards Ostium. It encompasses everything I can see beyond the borders of Ostium. And while I pick up hints and inclinations of the swirling movement in that darkness, it never encroaches further than the very edge of the boundary with Ostium. I do see streaks, pinpricks, and minute flashes of color all over, but I'm not certain if this is something physically happening or just a result of my staring at the blackness constantly and my retinas sending fake signals to my optic nerves like burning after images. This particular blackness is not as seemingly malevolent as the blackness we've seen on the other side of the doors in Ostium, 
but is by no means tame or innocuous. I get the sense that if I were able to get the gate open and step beyond the bounds of ostium, that blackness would send out tentacles ensnaring me and suck me into its maw in an instant. I look down at the center of the gate and see a shiny, solid hexagonal padlock on the outside. It's locked tight, so if for some insane reason I had wanted to try to open the gate, it wouldn't be likely to happen. I feel I've gotten all I can from this viewpoint, and I'm happy to put distance between me and the blackness. I walk back to Monica quickly. Her eyes haven't left me the entire time, and I can see a minor shaking in her form. Unsurprisingly, she's just as fucking terrified of all this as I am. I reach her, and I'm not sure if it's something I pick up on in her eyes or body language or just something I need right now, but I reach out, and then we're in each other's arms, holding on tight for dear life. Is it? Yes. But we're safe as long as we stay in ostium. We break apart, and our arms drop to our sides. So any idea on what we do now? Monica runs her hands through her curly hair, getting herself together. I need to know. You probably do too. We need to know if this blackness is everywhere, if it's around all of Ostium. Once we have that answer, we'll know some definite things. Like what? I don't want to say yet. Not until we know for sure. So how do we know for sure? A smile forms on Monica's face. A small, warm light in all this bleakness. We go on a field trip. An adventure. You'd probably call it a mission. Oh, really? What do you have in mind? Let's just call it Operation Water Tower. We're at the water tower and it feels awesome, in multiple senses of the word. Awesome as in great in size and overpowering and looming, but also awesome as in fucking kick-ass. I guess the only kind of sad thing about it is that there's really just Monica and me to appreciate it. But we certainly do. I hadn't been this close to it before, and from the looks on Monica's face, she hasn't either. I'm sure it was in our minds to come on over and check it out, but it's quite a trek from the clock tower. Plus, we've had a few hundred things going on since we set foot in Ostium that have been distracting us. It's got the presence of some mechanical giant from the future, with its four sturdy legs supporting it. You know, War of the world style. In the middle is a smaller, thinner leg with a ladder going up, leading all the way to the small hatch-like door in the underside of the water tower. The number 69 is clearly visible on the door. I wonder again, if and when we get to opening this particular door, whether on the other side will be the familiar blackness or a torrent of water pouring in my face. That makes me think about the other big issue Monica spotted with the map table and how all the numbers are messed up now. But, one ostium-sized problem at a time. Monica gets whatever signal she's apparently been waiting for and starts climbing up the ladder. I look up to the top and wonder what exactly the plan's going to be once we get up there. But Monica's already pulling pretty far ahead, and I don't want to get left behind. I'm soon climbing up the ladder like I've been doing this all my life, but giving Monica enough space to not feel cramped. It doesn't take us long to run out of ladder, and while I wait for Monica to figure out what to do next, I take a look around. 
a gander at Ostium from this higher view. Man, this place is really big. And seeing all those doors out there on the open grassland, it's pretty fucking weird. Like some crazy graveyard for doors, or like a wacko cemetery where instead of tombstones, you get buried in your coffin in a hole and a door put on top of your grave like you could be welcomed back to the world of the living at any moment. Man, that's downright weird, even for me. Sounds like a Monty Python sketch. Okay, time to focus, Jake. I look and watch Monica because she's started doing something. Holding onto a rung with one hand, Monica reaches out with her other around the door, running her hand over the surface of the underside of the water tower like she's looking for something. What? I don't know. It's white and smooth, unblemished. There's nothing to be found from what I can see. Then her hand sort of disappears for a moment. No, it sinks into the surface of the water tower. What the hell? Monica's not that shocked, almost like she's done this before. I question her about it. Didn't I tell you about my early times in Ostium? When I was looking around, when I got into the clock tower? Uh, no. Sorry, hun. I thought I had. Weird. I did a damn recording about it. Well, I guess I should check out all your recordings. Well, duh. Of course. Because they're awesome and will help you learn stuff. In that case, you're going to be pretty fucking impressed with what I'm doing next. Just watch and learn. Monica folds her legs over the top rung of the ladder to get a better angle, and then lets go of the ladder with her other hand. She reaches out to a spot a couple feet away from the hand that's semi-submerged into the water tower. She finds what she's looking for, and this hand now submerges. It becomes hazy, sort of like uh, Marty McFly's hand in Back to the Future. I really hope it's not for the same reasons. <laughs> We're really fucked. Then... I realize what they are. Handholds. Invisible handholds on the side of the water tower. Monica pulls herself up until she's supporting her body with the two handholds, while her feet stand on the top rung of the ladder. Then the right hand detaches and searches for another secret handhold. There it is. Then the left hand does the same for its side and it finds the next handhold. Now the real impressive move happens. Monica steps off the ladder, putting one foot at a time into the handholds that also work as footholds. Like her hands, her feet disappear a little. She's now basically hanging upside down, her back to the ground of Ostium far, far below. She's straining a little, but seems fine. Monica starts moving up the side of the water tower. The longer she's at it, the faster she gets. Soon she's crawling up the side and disappearing from view. That's my cue to follow in our footsteps, and hand steps, or handholds, or whatever. <laughs> Great. This should be real fun. I ignore my growing fear and just focus on getting this done. Gotta show Monica I'm made of the same stuff she is, <laughs> even though I'm not. My hands find the handholds, and it feels like a kind of magic. <laughs> yeah, cue the Queen song. I actually start playing it in my head and singing along. It even helps a little. It definitely gets a lot more scary when I'm just hanging there by my hands and feet, feeling gravity trying to conduct its equation of force equal to my mass times the acceleration due to itself, 
and pull me to the ground real fast. I make myself not look down, just focusing on finding the next handhold, and I get through it. I climb up the side of the water tower, feeling like motherfucking Spider-Man, but I don't give myself time to enjoy it, because I'll just screw it up and end up killing myself. At the top of the water tower, in addition to a beaming Monica, is a little platform and railing, just enough room for the both of us to stand up there and not be quite touching. What do you think? Monica asks once I've caught my breath and made myself stop shaking. Holy shit. I look around and take in the great expanse that is Ostium. I can see wall to wall in all four cardinal directions. All the buildings, the reaching superiority of the clock tower, and the wide open space of greenery with its many doors at all angles and directions. And then I look beyond the walls of Ostium. Holy shit. The blackness is there. The blackness is fucking everywhere. What I saw through the gate wasn't a small contained portion of the blackness. Not that I ever really thought it was. But from this height and vista, I can see it. All-encompassing. Omnipresent. I turn a slow circle, making sure I keep a solid grip on the railing. Losing my balance up here would be a sure recipe for disaster. My statement remains true and holds to its belief. The black really is everywhere except Ostium. I turned to Monica. Is this what you didn't want to tell me? Just a nod from her. You wanted, you needed to make sure first, to be absolutely certain. Another nod. I look at the blackness again and I feel myself start to tremble. I wonder how I'm going to be able to get back down onto the solid ground of Ostium, shaking like this. I don't know if I can do it. So, what does this mean for Ostium? For us? Monica takes her time. Whatever she's about to tell me is going to be big. But I don't really know what else she can tell me that I can't process and comprehend with my own two eyes. But then she speaks, and I find myself collapsing to the floor of the platform. Ostium has become untethered. It's no longer connected to the real world. I understand the words, but it's going to take my brain and my heart and my soul a long moment to process and comprehend them. Then I do. So that's it then? The earthquake happened? Then it unhappened somehow? In the process, Ostium was severed from our world, and now it's adrift in the blackness, in time and space, in nowhere? That's about the gist of it. What? <laughs> Which means it's the end of Ostium, and therefore the end of us. Monica looks at me in surprise and then laughs. Au contraire, mon frère. Ostium is not over by any means, and neither are we. This is just the beginning. I look up at her, and I feel now that my cheeks are wet. I've been crying. Again. Crying a lot today, apparently. But in her eyes, I see something new. A spark. I believe it's hope. She holds out a beckoning hand. I grasp it, and she pulls me up. I make sure to hold the railing with my other hand. Don't want us both going over the side. 
Ostia may be untethered. The town, along with us, may be disconnected from the world, but I know something. Actually, a lot of somethings. Hundreds of somethings that aren't. What would that... Oh, the doors. Yes, those doors of Ostium connecting this town to other worlds, other places in time, and more importantly, to our world. And maybe on the other side of one of those doors is Steve. I don't expect this, and I find myself shocked to hear it. Probably a bit of jealousy slipping in. You still think he's alive behind one of those doors? I thought, after Richard and the data pad and all that, you kind of accepted that it was all over. Nope. With what's happened to us? Fuck. With what's just happened today, and the way things are, now, the state of things. Yet we're still alive and kicking. I don't know. He could be dead. They could all be dead and gone, but there's only one way to find out. We keep going through the doors of Ostium. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Getting back down onto the solid ground turns out to not be too hard, with Monica's help. I stay close and watch her every step and hand movement and copy it to a T. The last step onto the grass of Ostium feels like stepping onto a little piece of heaven. Then we make the longish walk back to the clock tower. 
not really talking about anything, just thinking over everything that's happened so far, just since we got back through the strange door with the infinity symbol, which is now buried under more than a hundred feet of ostium earth. When we're about a minute from reaching our destination, and I'm sure Monica's got her mind fixated on a giant mug of strong tea, I have a bad thought. A terrible, awful, horrible thought. I turn to Monica. What about the internet? What about the internet? If ostiums become untethered, does that mean that the internet's gone? Uh, I... I don't know. The look on her face is nothing like the mask of the Red Death I'm wearing on mine. I start running. I know, I know. It's not like we might be cut off from water or food or air. But the internet's a big deal. You know that. And right now, it's one of our lifelines to the world. Technically, it's the only line of communication we've got. And if that's gone, then it might be the end of everything. Yeah, for you quick thinkers, if you're listening to this, you know that the internet must still be alive and well when I make it to the clock tower. I also have a new email from Dave, my online friend that I've been chatting with from London. He's been doing his bit to spread the word about Ostium and come up with ideas about what could possibly be going on here. I'm not too worried with what he's doing. It's not like I gave him the exact location of the town of no population to broadcast online. And the conversation he's been having with his listeners has been pretty interesting. The last time I was in contact with him, he was dealing with the literal fallout of the radiation clouds sweeping over Europe. I invited him, if he could somehow swing it, to come to the U.S., to California, and to Ostium, if he could find it. I gave him specific directions, and I made it clear only he was to know and use them and not to tell anyone else about them. I know, it was taking a bit of a risk there, but I felt it was worth it. He ends the email saying that he made it. He found Ostium, but there was one of those strange hexagonal padlocks on the gate. Fortunately, it pops open and he goes inside and doesn't find us, which isn't really that surprising given the whole untethering thing in our current predicament. Nevertheless, he still found ostium, or an ostium in this case, just not this ostium. I can't believe he found ostium, I say aloud. Can't believe who found ostium? Um... I make it a long word, something almost alive, as I'm stalling for what to say. I haven't told Monica a thing about Dave and his enigmatic mysteries of the unknown. Partly because it never really occurred to me to talk to her about him. I mean, I never thought in my wildest dreams he'd be coming to Ostium, you know, until like a day or two ago. And partly because I kind of know I should have told her a whole long time ago, and uh, I didn't, and now I feel bad about it. And now I don't have a choice. I can feel her eyes on me. She's not going to let me just stall indefinitely. We've been on this merry-go-round before, and Monica isn't exactly the sort of person who takes any shit from anyone, even me. Who the hell are you talking about, Jake? I turn to face her, and it feels like I did something bad. Because I did. And I'm about to be punished and scolded by a parent or teacher, because I deserve to. I breathe deep and I start talking. I'm talking about Dave. He's a uh, British guy who runs a podcast called 
enigmatic mysteries of the unknown. And how does he know about Ostium? Because he found my recordings about Ostium, and uh, he made his own podcast about it. And? Well, he's been uh, talking with his listeners about what's been going on here with me and you and uh, the doors and everything. He came up with his theories and he got some ideas from his listeners as well. And how many listeners are we talking about? I, um, I don't know. He never, uh, he never told me. Lots, I, I think. He never told you? Um, yeah. He emailed me and uh, I emailed him back and we've been kind of having this back and forth conversation going on. About Ostium? Yeah. There's a cold silence now, and I feel like if either of us moves, there's going to be the sound of ice cracking and breaking. I don't know what the hell to say next, so I just wait. Probably not the best move on my part, but I'm not known for strategic tact with people, and especially not with the opposite sex. I don't know, Jake. I just feel there's something you're not fucking telling me. I take another breath. It feels like I'm not breathing right. Am I breathing right? And let's not get started on my heart rate, which is suddenly through the roof. And I'm seriously being avoiding right now. He was scared. Dave was terrified of the radiation cloud. He needed a way out, an escape. And I told him he could come to Ostium. You what? I told him he could come here. Just him. No one else. You told him how to get here? Of course I did. I gave him exact directions. Because he knows stuff. Important stuff about Ostium. So fucking what? He's like us. How the fuck can you possibly know that? You barely know the fucking guy. A couple emails and your long lost fucking Ostium soulmates. Is that it? Yes, yes, that's fucking it. He's another person out there who knows and understands Ostium. This is before I even knew you existed. So what does that make me? Chop fucking liver? That stops me. She's right. That was too far. No, of course not. You're much more than that. But he needed a way out and I gave him one. And now he's found Ostium. So where the fuck is he then? He said he's at another Ostium because this one is fucking untethered. What the fuck does that mean? I don't fucking know. Why are you yelling at me? Because you lied to me. You said we weren't going to keep secrets, and you did. Why are you yelling at me? Because you didn't tell me about the men that you sent through the door to die. Silence. Longer this time. But perhaps not as cold. It's different. I'm sorry, Monica. I'm sorry I didn't tell you about Dave. Apology accepted, Jake. And I'm sorry, again, for not telling you sooner about what I did to those men. Thank you. Apology accepted, too. He said he's in a different ostium. Yeah, those were his words. He said when he found ostium, there was a hexagonal padlock on the gate, but it popped open when he pulled on it. Then he went inside and he looked around. He found the clock tower and he was all ready to meet us inside with open arms. And we weren't there. Right. And that's all I've heard from him so far. Have you checked to see if the internet's working properly? No. Shit. 
I totally forgot. I grab my iPad again and open up the browser, plugging in Google and wait. Nothing loads. Oh, shit. I try Twitter, Facebook, even Yahoo. Nothing. And it's not like there's a 404 message or anything. It's just a blank page. I check my Wi-Fi connection and see it's connected and working fine. I even pull out my phone and check the Wi-Finding app, which also shows a strong signal strength. So it looks like the Wi-Fi is working and we're connected to the internet at our end, but it doesn't lead to any World Wide Web. Great. Monica's been looking over my shoulder and seeing all this. So we're pretty much fucked as far as the internet goes. This really isn't good. What about all those catastrophic events we saw on the screens? Did they all really happen? We checked, didn't we? Yes, but that was in there. How do I know my phone works fine on the other side of a door in Ostium? You don't. Exactly. I know the power plant meltdown was real because I read about it here. Or not really here, because here isn't really here anymore. It's somewhere else, but back at my old place, which isn't really my place anymore. Back on fucking planet Earth. But the other stories, the Ebola outbreak, the earthquakes and tsunamis, the oil spill, did they all really happen? Monica rubs her face and takes a deep breath at the same time. I don't know, Jake. I just don't know. What do you want me to tell you? That everything is fine. Everything is fine. Here, in Ostium, right now. There's you, and there's me. We're alive and well. We have a roof over our heads. We have a place to sleep. We have food to eat and water to drink. We're fine right now. Okay. I must have not put much meaning into it or had some crazy look in my eyes because Monica keeps watching me, like she's trying to see into my soul. Okay, come here. I know what you need. She's holding out her arms, welcoming me. I'm not sure what she's doing, but I step closer to her, and then she wraps her arms around me, laying her head on my chest. My arms automatically go around her shoulders. We hug each other tight and stay that way for a good 30 seconds. It feels really great. Then we finally separate. Okay, time for a strong fucking cup of tea. You want one? I give her one of my beaming smiles. What do you think? She nods and heads into the kitchen. I go back to the iPad, closing the browser window. I pull up my email inbox again and have an idea. I look at when Dave sent the email. According to the app, the email was sent 35 minutes ago. That was after we came back through the door with the infinity symbol on it. That was after the big crack across the town closed up and disappeared. That was after Ostium became untethered from the third rock from the sun and began spinning indeterminately across space and time. Which means something really important. While there isn't any World Wide Web access, there is apparently some form of email. At least with Dave. He can email me, and perhaps I can email him. I also have this very strong feeling not to tell Monica this. I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from, but... Something deep inside my chest tells me, and I'm going to listen to it. Great, Jake. Another wonderful start to not keeping any secrets from possibly the only other person in the universe. This episode was written and produced by Alex E. Talander. 
The voice of Jake is performed by Chris Fletcher. The voice of Monica is performed by Georgia McKenzie. All the music was composed by Chris Fletcher. Graphic design and artwork is done by Sarah Warren. Austin will continue to be ad-free thanks to our great and wonderful patrons who support the show through our website at ostium.com support or through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Why not consider becoming a supporter of our show? For as little as $2 a month, you can get access to exclusive mini-episodes, including something called The Ostium Files. It's a series playing around with the idea of what if you could go through an Ostium door to the time and place of your choosing? Where would you go? There are also lots of other rewards like episode transcripts with illustrations, music, and special early access to new episodes of Ostium. Plus, if we hit our support goals, you'll get access to Ostium Season 3 that much sooner. And if we hit our top goal, Season 3 will start right after Season 2 without any break. So check it out at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Whatever you can spare will be greatly appreciated and means so much to us. You can also support Ostium by leaving us a review on the podcast listening app of your choice, or simply by telling your friends, or mentioning how much you enjoy this podcast on social media. And of course, there's also our merchandise store with a whole variety of goodies like mugs, t-shirts, and even fancy pillowcases, all at ostiumpodcast.com store. Also, if you're looking for a good book to read, Ostium Book One Population Zero is out now on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and a fancy full-color illustrated edition. This week's podcast recommendation is The Gone Podcast. The description alone is enough to hook anyone. There's no way to plan for being alone. There's no way to plan for what comes next. This is a story about what happens when the world goes dark and everyone else is gone. The quality and sound is great, and the voice of the narrator, who is also the creator and writer for the show, is clear and very well acted. It's one of those shows that just sucks you in right from the beginning with a compelling story, and then you can't stop listening because you don't know where the story is going to go next. Gone does have a Patreon page too, so once you've gobbled up every episode, be sure to leave a review for the show or support them on Patreon. You could even do it while you're choosing to support Ostium. You know. Support two independent, self-supported podcasts in one visit. Finally, thanks for listening. Without you, there wouldn't be any point in doing this podcast. So thank you, and see you in two weeks with episode 12, Coltum Ossium. <laughs>